good? What's good? You already know I'm here. You already know the vibes. Hey, hey, hey. You know the vibes. You know the vibes. You know the vibes. Back at it again. Hey, hey, hey. hey. Hey, you know the vibes, back again with another Motivation Monday. What's good, what's good, what's good? You already know the vibes. Back again with another Motivation Monday. Hey! Hey, sign me, baby, sign me, sign me, sign me. You know the vibes. <laughs> you know the vibes. Back again with another Motivation Monday, man. Uh, first things first. Just want to say thank you guys for shopping that Black Friday sale. We have a couple hours left. It ends tonight at midnight, 11.59. Uh, so go ahead and get your half off everything. Wristbands, T-shirts, $25 hoodies. You can't miss out on that, you know. And then shirts are 15 bucks and things like that. So go ahead and check that out. And I will be getting that stuff out to you guys as soon as possible. Uh, I just want to thank you guys for my, the love and appreciation you show me every single week with the podcast and YouTube videos and the posts and everything, man. We're just going to keep going. We're going to go as fast as we can. We're going to do great things with this podcast. Uh, and don't worry, if you missed the first sale, don't worry. I'm coming back with another surprise sale just right before Christmas. So it's going to be super fun. If you didn't get your family member something, make sure you get it on that second day sale. But you know why we're here. You know we're going to spit. Uh, today's episode on the podcast is, I'm going to call it The Critic. You know, we're going to talk about movies and books, and we're going to talk about certain scenes and how you can relate those to uh, real-life situations, you know, because I really truly believe movies and books and music are ways that we learn in life. And um, that's those are ways I've learned in life. And um, it's kind of crazy because like, that's all I grew up doing was listening to movies and reading books and uh, listening to music watching movies and reading books, you know, and that's how I've learned knowledge and different things and just hearing people talk and how they do things in different ways. So, you know what I'm saying? So my first one is Dark Knight Rises, which is my favorite Batman movie of all time. It's a really, really good movie. Phenomenal. Christian Bell destroyed his, his like, uh, thing as being Batman. Like, he destroyed it. But uh, I don't know if you guys remember in the movie, uh, this is the one where Bane comes in. He's ready to take over Gotham or whatever. But um, so then he follows Catwoman down into the sewers where uh, Bane is taking over and making his new home. Like he's doing construction on uh, Batman's like little warehouse where all his toys and all his like things are at. And uh, he follows Selena Kyle in there or whatever. And then uh, she kind of tricks him and then, Bam, she's, like, stationed away with um, Bane. Like, Batman and Bane are about to go head-to-head, you know? And then Bane was like, oh, this is, like, the biggest mistake you've ever made. And then, um, so they start going at it. You know, they're fighting, doing their thing. And then all of a sudden, uh, Bane is, like, destroying Batman, point blank period, you know? And then um, Christian Bell tries to, like, get up, and Bane is like, I don't know. He was, like, so frustrated with himself. Like, he was fighting so, like, aggressive and angry with no strategy, you know? And that's not Batman. Batman always has, like, a strategy, a plan to what he's going to do, you know? Like, that's really, I would say, his superpower is that he thinks before he acts, you know? But in this particular scene, he was just fighting aggressively because he was so angry. And I don't think he realized that he was only angry at himself because he felt like that Gotham needed Batman, but they didn't really need Batman. They needed uh, Bruce Wayne at the time, you know? And so he was just going so crazy, never giving up, you know. And then Bane said, I wonder what would break first, your spirit or your body. And uh, that little quote, that line is just so crazy to me and so 
uh, powerful because I feel like that's what I was doing at a certain point in time, you know. I just kept going, kept going, kept going, never giving up, you know. And, like, when you never give up, it's your spirit, you know. It's the, your heart that's always going to always continue to go and try to do things that you never – push your body to limits, you know. And um, just kind of what I get from that and how it related to me is um, – I've just been giving basketball everything I got and life everything I got, you know. In some ways, I'm just like, wow, when do I give up or when do I stop or do I call life quit, you know? Because, like, there's life is crazy and it's never going to give you um, lemons, I guess you could say. It's never going to be always green. But, like, man, I can't lie to you. I'm mentally exhausted, physically exhausted, and I honestly don't know how much longer I can hold on. Not in that way, but it's just like. What do you do in certain situations, you know? Because, like, we don't know everything. And, yeah. And so, like, just in that particular scene, he was just fighting so crazy, so aggressive. And I feel like that's what we do sometimes. We don't even think about what we're doing. We just go, oh, bang, bang, bang. We're fighting, we're fighting, we're fighting, we're fighting. Just kind of think about that stuff, you know? Don't, when you go into situations, don't always just go in with your head down. Go in there with your head up, focus, and see what you can do, see what you can't do. And then... um just try to fight it to your best ability, but never go to where, like, you just, like, completely, like, lost yourself. Because after that scene, Batman then gets thrown into that cage, and then they tell him that, that little prison thing, like, in the ground, and they tell him that um, he has to stay in here and just watch Gotham die. So he's watching his city burn to pieces because of a trash act that he did. And so, like, that, if you kind of think about that, Think about some of the things you've just fought with constantly, constantly, constantly. And then they left or something happened or you walked out of the gym or you did this, you quit the football team or whatever, and now you have to watch your team just get beat up or whatever the case may be. So you're just watching it from the sidelines, you know? And so they just kind of think about that. Movie two. Oh, my God, it's probably one of, one of my favorite movies ever, which was Cars 3. One Christmas, this was the only thing I wanted, and I actually got it. So that was probably the best Christmas of my life. Cars 3 is a super-duper fire movie. But in um, Cars 1, of course, we're first meeting uh, Lightning McQueen. You know, he's doing his thing, so he comes out as the new racer, busting his butt, blah, blah, blah. You know, movie 2, um, he goes, and I think he goes to Italy, and there's, like, some cool racer you know and sometimes he has to face some kind of like um what is it called he has to face some defeat and then like all of a sudden he ends up beating the kid or whatever you know and in cards three you know lightning mcqueen is growing up he's kind of getting old and then there's this new racer uh jackson storm you know and um he picked up right where he left off kind of the hot start doing his thing doing his thing and then in one scene you just see this new slim cool racer definitely super fast uh just past Lightning McQueen, like, at the end of the, uh, towards the end of the race, and then crosses the finish line, you know, and um, they were saying that, like, oh, it was, like, his new wave of training, and that he was doing certain things that Lightning McQueen never was doing, and so all these new generation of racers were running out all the old school guys, you know, they were pushing all these dudes out, and, like, there was basically no room for them, you know, because, like, they couldn't compete with those guys, they're young, faster, slimmer, doing their thing, and then they're training with technology, all the enhanced stuff, sciences and all that stuff. And so all the old guys were just being ran out because they didn't have that kind of training. And so um, McQueen was so caught up in himself that he pushed himself, he pushed himself to his limits and then he crashed. And like he went into hiding for a little bit of time. And then um, the major turning point in the movie was... Oh, sorry. 
Yeah, the major turning point in the movie was where he was rehabbing from um, the crash and everything. And in his own eyes, he kind of just decided that he's not going to quit. But instead, he's going to um, train like Jackson Storm. Oh, my God, I cannot breathe. But he's not going to just train like Jackson Storm. He's going to try and get back to his old self, you know. And I think that was the biggest thing and a big eye-opener for McQueen because he started to get back to his old self, you know, because certain times we can get caught up in everything that everyone else is doing and we lose sight of who we are, how we got to where we were doing. We lose sight of why we were doing it, how we got there, and just the little things that we do that make us us every single day, you know. And um, it's just kind of crazy on how, like, these movies and things like that can kind of relate to us in situations like this because, like, if you think about it, there's certain point in times where every single day we'll get caught up in things that our friends are doing, our parents are doing, our girlfriends are doing, boyfriends, you know, our best friends, you know, we get caught up in things they're doing, and then we end up losing sight of who we are. And uh, the way it kind of relates to me is uh, I'm 22 years old, and so, like, you know, there's all these kids that are ranked in the nation, and um, even people my age, you know, they're training, they're doing all this stuff and for basketball, and they're progressing at rates that are, like, crazy you know but my kind of progression over time in basketball I wouldn't say it was slow but it definitely took longer than what theirs was you know because they have all these trainers and things like that and I can't afford that or I don't have that and I don't really want that either but the case is it's just like at one point in time I almost stooped to that level and I started to lose like sight for who I was because that's not me you know like I got as good as I am now because I've done it myself I'm in my own workout I know what I want to do I know how I'm going to get good and I'm not, I mean, I put up the stats, but I'm not all about stats. You know, I'm trying to win games because I'm trying to play for a long period of time. If you don't win games, you can just put up stats. You're going to get ran out the gym real quick. Because anybody can score 50 points. Anybody can do this if they have the ball a million times, you know. But what makes you a, a great player and have a successful career in anything is to do it for a long period of time, you know. And that was my biggest goal. And um, in the movie, you know, no, we didn't get a Cars 4, but you, basically over time you just see Lightning McQueen, he's doing this. He's been doing this over time, you know, and Jackson Storm was just a one-hit wonder, you know. And so I'm not trying to be no one-hit wonder, and I know I hope you guys are not trying to be no one-hit wonder because um, PGR, we're not we're no one-hit wonders. We're here for a long time and forever. You feel me? Um, we're also going to talk about some books here. Yes, I do read time to time. It's kind of hard. It's actually something I picked up over – the past couple of years, you know, reading books is pretty cool. It helps you, like, relax and mellow out, and you get to – you also learn a lot, you know. It's kind of just like, oh, wow, books are actually really interesting and things like that. There's so many books out there, but I only read certain ones because, yeah, I don't know. But um, there's one of my favorite books that I've ever read was The Alchemist by Paulo Coelho, and it's about a kid named Santiago who is a shepherd, and he is – um. He still kind of lives with his parents, like in the desert or whatever, but he has dreams of traveling the world, do it, living his life and doing whatever he wants to, and meeting the girl of his dreams. Wow, I cannot speak. My voice is trash. But, uh, yeah, so he's a young shepherd, and uh, his parents are telling him, no, that he cannot, like, leave. He cannot do what he wants to do because he has to take care of his sheep and blah, blah. He has to run, like, the family business. But he says no. And then he kind of, like, leaves off with his sheep, and he travels the desert. And then in one particular part in the book, he goes to, like, this old town where there's this old man sleeping on the bench. 
and he just starts talking to him, and they're talking, they're conversating, doing the thing or whatever. Um, but what Santiago did not know was that the old man sleeping on the bench was the king of the city. You know what I'm saying? And, like, he had, like, all his gold and stuff, like, tucked away and things like that. And um, the book is kind of about dreams, chasing your dreams, chasing your goals, and honestly just kind of living your own life making your own personal legend, doing your own things, you know. And so in the book, he says that um, when you want something, the whole universe conspires in helping you achieve it. And so that really has sat with me for the longest time because I don't know if you guys have ever noticed, but if you're ever, like, chasing your dreams or your goals or even just, like, anything in general, it just seems like everything starts to like click, you know, like it, when you find out you really want something and you kind of push, put like some effort towards it, it's like, oh, this happens, this happens, this happens, this happens. It's because like literally when God knows you want something, he's going to help you achieve it, you know, and it's just like, oh, wow, why did they do this? Why did this? It's because you actually wanted it, you know, like you're actually putting forth a little effort, even a little bit of effort, you know, and uh Throughout the book, he goes, you know what I'm saying, he faces some trials and tribulations. Then he ends up, um, he sells his sheep to the um, to the king. The king gives him some gold and some money to where he has enough to, like, kind of travel the world. And, you know, then he finally meets a girl his dreams. And, yeah. But if you think about it, like I said, if you ever notice when you're doing some, the whole world literally conspires to help you out. It's like, oh, wow, why is this, why is this working? Why is this, like, why is everything going the way you thought it would go, you know? And so, yeah, that's a really good book. If you guys haven't read it, please read it. Paulo Coelho is a phenomenal author. He has several other books that are so, so good. I haven't really got to read any of them, but I kind of, like, skimmed through some of them. But most definitely check it out. Um, and in movie three is Look, Mama, I Can Fly, the Travis Scott documentary. You already know it is. Um, man, that movie was phenomenal. You know, it kind of just showed the passion in his eyes and how much he actually really cared. And if you didn't cry in that movie, you're crazy. If you didn't feel motivated after that movie, you're crazy. And, yeah, you don't, I don't know, you need some help. It was kind of just like showing time and progression, how much work he's put in, how much he's really excited about his work, you know. And, like, you know, like we get the time pauses and things like that on his, the time pauses on his, uh, his like, work. You know, he'll say he's going to drop it, but then... <laughs> He doesn't, you know, and that's because he's so caught up in what he wants to do. But in the movie, Travis Scott pays tribute to his fans several, 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 several times. You know, it is a documentary about Travis Scott, but if you didn't notice, it's more about fans than anything, you know. Like, he just wants to show his love and support and assistance that he's have. And what Travis Scott is trying to say is that he wouldn't be who he was if it wasn't for his fans that drive him every day to be more than himself and then... He said in a little quote, there was like a little interview that he did, I think like almost a year ago. He said that uh, as long as you be yourself, you can impact people's lives. And then he also said like, if people try not to tell you that you're dope, F them, you know? And I think that's something that our generation needs to understand because we have so many things and tools and resources to be so independent and be whatever we want to be in life, like anything. Go be a doctor, teacher, police officer, 
um, I don't know, go open up your baking shop, go be a chef, go do something, go be a basketball player, go be a rock star, go be a football player, actress, a singer, go do whatever you want to do, a technician, go build the next new Tesla, you know, I don't know, go do whatever you want to do, but you have to do it, you know what I'm saying, like, you have to do it, you have to want to do it, and you have to actually put forth effort, you know, and, um, no matter what people say, you're always going to have your naysayers and your haters and things like that. People who try to bring you down. But if you don't, that means you're not doing your job, if that makes sense. That means you're not going hard enough. If you don't have people talking down about you, you're not doing good enough. You're not going hard enough. And um, also another thing is you have to work. You have to work hard at working hard, if that makes sense. So you have to be the best at working hard, you know, you can already work hard, but I'm pretty sure, I don't know, we got like 8 billion people on this planet, something like that, 7 billion, I don't know, but you tell me you don't think at least 2 billion people on this planet are working hard, that means you have to work harder than those 2 billion people, you have to be able to push yourself to the limits, you know, you have to be uncomfortable being comfortable, and a lot of people don't like to do that, it doesn't make any sense, or they just like to pick and choose, you know, but you say and you swear you want all these things. Oh, I want this. I want this. I want this. I want that. I want to do that. I want to do that. You can't. You're working hard, but working hard isn't enough anymore. Because everyone's working hard now. Everyone knows that, oh, I got to do this to get to that spot. Now it's about, I know I got here. Now I need to get there to separate myself from those other good, all those other people that are okay with being good. Because now I'm trying to be great, you know? And so... Just kind of think about that. That movie is super duper good. And if you haven't watched it, it's on Netflix. Look, Mama, I Can Fly. Travis Scott documentary. The first scene is crazy. <laughs> I'm in it. I'm playing. <laughs> no, nah, but it's a really good movie, man. I love it. I've actually watched it several times, man. It inspires me every single time. Like, every time I watch it, I'm ready to go do, like, the impossible, man. I cannot explain it. And then um, my last book is uh, Swim by Walter Bond. I actually met this dude, I think, like, probably four months ago. And um, he's a really good dude, man. He's a really good dude. He played college basketball, and he was the first undrafted rookie to start in NBA history. You know, that's pretty cool. Uh, but in the book, he kind of talks about uh, sharks and things like that, characteristics of being, like, of being a shark, you know? But it also tells a story and so in pages 40 through 49 um there's a the book is about a dude named paul who kind of there's two dudes so there's paul and scotty and paul is the dude who kind of went through some stuff and he wasn't mr hot shot in high school you know so then he ended up meeting this girl having kids blah blah, blah. and then there's scotty who was mr hot shot you know did all these things through college blah 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 several girls blah blah so on and so forth you know you get the two dress. Those are the two comparisons, like Mr. Hotshot and, like, I wouldn't say, like, Mr. Hotshot, but, like, kind of second level. Yeah, so there's two dudes, Paul and Scotty, and then um, Paul is, like, the the family man. Scotty is, you know, he has several girls. He's been married several times, blah, blah, blah. He was Mr. Hotshot in high school, then Paul wasn't. But in pages 40 through 49, um, Walter kind of shows us to where there's a scene where uh, Paul, I think he's, like, in his young teens, and he is understanding growth. And what I mean by growth is oh my God. Um, there's a man named Drew, which is Paul's uh, wife's 
grandpa. And then Drew takes Paul to an aquarium five days in a row. And um, throughout those five days, it's the same time, same spot every single day. No. And um, the sharks are doing the same thing over and over and over again. And uh, Paul can't discover the difference, you know. And what I mean by that is he's not really, he's looking too hard at the bigger picture, you know. And so the dif- the difference was, well, there was no difference, but, like, what Paul discovered was that the sharks were swimming the same way every single day, the same pattern, you know. And he was constantly learning. So there's a lot of things you can take from the scene is that, one, the sharks never stopped swimming in the aquarium, like in their little tank. They just always kept swimming and kept swimming and kept swimming. And then, two, they were learning characteristics of sharks. Then on day five, uh, Drew took Paul to uh, shark diving, you know, because after he had already learned all the characteristics of a shark, he took him shark diving. And then uh, he didn't really want to do it at first. He was like, oh, no, no, like, what are you, you're crazy. Like, why would I get in a cage with sharks and all that stuff? Because those are things that are going to make you uncomfortable. And then uh, there's actually a quote. He was like, I was out of my element, uncomfortable, scared, and weighed down, and unsure of what to expect. And that quote right there really, really hit me because, like, you know, as humans, we don't really want to be uncomfortable. We want to always be comfortable. We always want to hang out with people who are comfortable. We always want to be put in situations that are comfortable. You know, like, sometimes in sports, you know, if you got to play a different position, you're like, oh, I don't know how to do this. And then we pout. We're like, oh, blah, blah. I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. And it's because we don't ever want to be uncomfortable, which doesn't make sense. But the way he described it was perfect. He said, uncomfortable, scared, and weighed down. And the most important part was unsure of what to expect. In life, man, you can't always know what's going to happen. We don't know what's going to happen. Life is full of the unexpected. You know, like it's always going to be things. Haymakers will be thrown your way every single day. Um, You know, one day you might be really good in health, then the next day you might just, I don't know, catch something that puts you in a really bad spot for years. I pray that doesn't happen to no one. But, you know, things, curveballs come every single day, and I think we need to embrace that, embrace that life is a journey, embrace the journey itself as well. Because I think once you understand that life is a journey, you also need to embrace it, understand that you're going to go on hills on hills for the longest time. And don't let social media fool you, don't let these, I guess, famous people and rich people fool you, man. There was days where they were sitting there crying their freaking eyes out, you know? There was days where they thought about jumping off the bridge, you know? There was days where it was like they were high one day and then low the next day and then low for four months and then high for eight months, you know? It's, life is a big roller coaster, but what you can do is grab a hold of your situation and then figure out where your problems are and try to prevent that, but... If you just think about it, um, the book is about sharks, and just sharks never stop swimming, period. And I think once you learn that, you'll be good in life because they don't stop swimming, and they've never, they don't ever swim backwards. And that's really cool, you know. I didn't really learn that until, like, recently, but they really never stop swimming backwards. Well, they never swim backwards. Like, you just can't swim backwards. Like, they would die. Fish as well, they would die. Like, if they tried to go backwards, they would literally die immediately. You know? So just think about that. Like, don't don't worry about taking that that risk or anything, you know? 
get out of your comfort zone, be uncomfortable, be unsure of what's going to happen next, you know, because we don't, life is full of unexpected things, and I think once you know that, you'll be super duper great, you know, so yeah, that concludes today's episode of Motivation Monday, and my voice is so trash, I'm sorry if this didn't sound really energetic, but I cannot even speak, um, we have a couple more episodes coming up, and Christmas is coming up, the holidays coming up, um, the New Year's coming up, you know, we're literally like four weeks away from January 1st of 2020, man. It's so crazy. It felt like yesterday we had just came into 2019 and everything was going on. And just like I said, snap your fingers before you know it's the end of the year. And so we got a couple weeks left. Think about your goals. Think about what you're going to do to make 2020 the greatest year of your life, you know. I feel like there's going to be a lot of blessings for everyone in 2020. A lot. For everyone, though, you know, not just for certain people. I feel like there's blessings for everyone in 2020. As long as we put our minds to it, as long as we work hard and do the things necessary, put ourselves in the right situations, you know, it's there for everyone. I totally feel like that. I feel like 2020 is going to take a big, like, we are going to be 2020. We're going to slap it in the face, and they just need to name the year after all of us because it's going to be pretty crazy for everyone. The PGR team, my dogs, my family, my friends, and even everybody out there in the world listen to all of this good stuff, you know? So like I said, we got a couple episodes left. We're going to do some really great things. And then, um, yeah, if you missed out on the sale, don't worry. I'm coming back with another one. And, yeah, you feel me? All right, I'm out.